Hey folks, hope you are doing great. So, today we are out with an interesting topic on how to analyze fixed income securities valuations yield and risk. The topic of discussion is divided into two parts, this is the part one of the topic. So get your coffee ready. We all know how much diversification is important. It's always said not to put all your eggs in one basket. We have already wrote many blogs on the topics like cryptos, shares, mutual fund. But this is the first time that on our channel we are explaining how one can analyze the fixed income securities and the risk associated with them. So let us start first by explaining what are these fixed income securities. Fixed income securities as the name suggests provide a fixed amount of revenue to the holder of the securities and hence the issue has to bear debt a fixed cost obligation. Fixed income securities are classified as debt in the capital structure of an enterprise. Fixed income securities are a good investment option for the investors who want to have a fixed and regular return over the investment period. The investors who do not want to undertake high risk should also invest in fixed income securities because risk in fixed income securities is relatively lower than that in equity shares due to fixed return. However before investment, the investor must consider the valuation, yields and risks of these fixed income securities to avoid erroneous investment decision. For the sake of simplicity we will be starting with analysis of bond. Now you might be wondering what are bonds. So, bonds are a security that are issued in connection with a borrowing arrangement. The bond is IOU of the borrower. It implies that the issuer of the fund, usually a company or government has an obligation to pay interest as well as the principal amount to the holder of the bond. Point here to be noted is that you should not confuse debentures with bonds as these both are two different things. A debenture is a debt security which is not secured by specific assets of the issuer company. Whereas in case of bonds are IOU between the borrower and lender. Before deep diving into bonds there are some terms that you must be familiar with. 1. Face value or par value. Every bond has some basic denomination say Rs 1000 or Rs 100 on the basis of which interest is paid. The issue price of bond may be same as its face value or different from its face value. When the issue price is higher than the face value of the bond then the bond is said to be issued at premium, whereas if the issue price of the bond is lower than the face value then the bond is said to be issued at discount. However the interest price is always calculated at par value. 2. Coupon rate. Coupon rate is the rate of interest paid to the bondholder on the face value of the bond it is fixed in advance and is specified in bond agreement. 3. Maturity period, it is the time horizon for which the bond is issued to the bondholders. The issuer of the bond is required to pay interest on bonds during this period and redeem bonds at the end of this period. 4. Redemption value. It is the value of the bond paid by the company to the bondholder at the time of maturity. A point here to note is redemption value can be higher than or lower than or equal to the face value of bond. If the redemption value is higher than the par value then the bond is redeemed at premium, whereas if the redemption value is lower than the par value the bond is redeemed at discount and when redemption value is equal to the par value then bond is said to be redeemed at par. 
the redemption value is also specified in bond agreement. 5. Bond indenture, it refers to all those terms and conditions agreed upon by issuer of the bond and the bondholder. It is basically a contract between the issuing corporation and the bondholder. 6. Collateral, bonds may be secured by some asset or security. Collateral is the asset or security against which bonds are issued. When a company defaults in payment of interest or repayment of bond value, the bond trustee can dispose of this asset or security to recover the amount of bondholder. In order to invest in bond market, one should understand how bonds are valued. Let us first understand the concept of valuation. The value of an asset shows its real worth and must be determined before making investment in it. A rational investor should not buy an asset at a price which is higher than its true value or real worth. The process of valuation results in determination of the real value or worth of an asset. The real worth of an asset depends upon its capacity to generate returns or value for the acquirer or holder of that asset. The valuation concept in finance primarily includes capitalized value or discounted cash flow DCF, value. Out of these the most realistic valuation concept in finance is DCF value. In order to compute value of an asset, we must consider all future expected benefits which the asset can generate. In case of real assets or physical assets, under capital budgeting decision which you must have studied in the paper on financial management, we compute net present value, NPV of an asset or project by considering all future expected cash inflows from it. Net present value equals PV of cash inflows, PV of cash outflows PV of cash outflows is nothing but the initial cost or purchase price of the asset and PV of cash inflows is the sum total of the present value of all expected future cash inflows from the asset or project. The present value calculation requires an appropriate discount rate or minimum required rate of return. If NPV is positive. We say the asset or project is good as it adds some value to the shareholder's wealth. On the other hand if NPV is negative then the asset or project should not be bought, or undertaken, as it erodes shareholder's wealth. The main idea is to invest in only those assets which have positive NPV or for which the present value of cash inflows is higher than the present value of cash outflows. Present value of cash outflows is the cost or purchase price of the asset while present value of the expected cash inflows is nothing but the true or real value of the asset. So long as the true value exceeds the cost or purchase price, the asset is profitable and hence should be bought. If true value is lower than the purchase price then the asset should not be purchased. This concept of determination of true value of an asset where we discount all future cash inflows at an appropriate discount rate to calculate its present value is termed as discounted cash flow DCF, valuation. Bond is a financial asset. Extending the concept of DCF valuation as explained above in case of a real or physical asset, we can calculate the true or real worth of a financial asset as the present value of all future expected cash flows from it. The present value calculation here also requires an appropriate discount rate or minimum required rate of return. 
the true value or real worth of a financial asset is termed as its intrinsic value. Therefore, intrinsic value of a bond is the present value of all future expected cash inflows from it. Unlike equity shares, the expected cash flows from a bond or debenture or any other fixed income security is not difficult to determine. The future expected cash inflows from a bond are in the form of interest incomes and redemption value at maturity. Hence there are two parts of the intrinsic value of a bond. First, the present value of all interest incomes throughout the life of the bond and second, the present value of the redemption value at maturity. Since the amount of interest remains same and is received periodically, the first part of the valuation formula takes the form of an annuity. The second part is a lump sum amount to be received at maturity. Intrinsic value of a bond equals present value of interests plus present value of redemption value. The interest on a bond may be paid annually, semi-annually or at any other frequent intervals. Hence the valuation of a bond is discussed under following cases. Since interest incomes and redemption value occur in different time periods, these need to be converted into their present value before they can be added together. In order to calculate present value of a future amount we need some appropriate discount rate. This appropriate discount rate is the minimum required rate of return as desired by the bondholder. Prevailing market interest rate is often taken as the discount rate for present value calculations if minimum required rate of return is not available or cannot be determined. Since annual interest payments are in the form of an annuity, the formula for bond valuation can also be expressed in the following form. P0 equals I times PVFA, KD, N, plus RV times PVFKD, N. Where P0 equals intrinsic value of the bond. I equals annual interest amount. PVFA equals present value factor annuity at KD discount rate for N years. RV equals redemption value. PVF equals present value factor at KD discount rate for N years. KD equals cost of debt. N equals number of years. The values of PVFA that is present value annuity factor and PVF that is present value factor can be found in the PVF and PVFA tables that are available on internet. Investment decision The intrinsic value or true value of a bond is then compared with its actual market price to decide whether to invest in a bond or not. The rule is, buy a bond if intrinsic value current market price do not buy or sell a bond, if intrinsic value current market price indifferent, if intrinsic value equals current market price. It must be noted that intrinsic value of a bond is what the price should be. The actual market price of the bond may be different from this. If market price is less than the intrinsic value then the bond is underpriced and therefore is a good buy. Hence in such a case investor should invest in the bond. This is because the actual price of the bond is less than its true worth or intrinsic value. On the other hand if market price is higher than the intrinsic value, then the bond is overpriced, or overvalued, and hence a good sell. Therefore in this case bondholder should not buy the bond. If the investor already holds a bond which has actual price higher than its intrinsic value then he should immediately sell it. 
Further if intrinsic value and market price are same then the bond is said to be fairly priced in the market and hence an investor has an indifferent attitude. He may decide to buy or sell at the prevailing price. If he decides to buy he will get a fair return. There are various factors that affect the value of bond. Before investing into bonds on we should keep in mind these factors. 1. Coupon rate. Coupon rate has a positive relationship with bond value. The higher the coupon rate, the greater will be the value of the bond other things being equal. 2. Redemption value. Redemption value also has a positive relationship with bond value. The higher the redemption value, the greater will be the value of the bond other things being equal. 3. Required rate of return or market interest rate. Required rate of return or market interest rate was a negative relationship with bond value or price. The higher the required rate or market interest rate, the lower will be the value of the bond other things being equal. 4. Years to maturity. Years to maturity has a positive relationship with bond value or price. The longer the maturity the higher will be the value of the bond other things being equal. 5. Frequency of interest payments. It has a negative relationship with bond value or price. The higher the frequency of interest payments, the more will be the number of compounding and hence the lower shall be the intrinsic value of the bond other things being equal. It is often said that no investment in risk-free, like investment in other securities, investment in bonds is also subject to a variety of risks. However, risks in bonds is less than the risks in equity shares because of the fixed amount of income in the form of interests and repayment of the principal value at the time of maturity. Risks in bonds are, interest rate risk, purchasing power risk, default risk call risk and liquidity risk. These are explained below. 1. Interest rate risk. The primary source of risk in bonds or any other fixed income securities is interest rate risk that is the risk associated with interest rate changes. A change in interest rate causes a change in bond price in the opposite direction that is there is an inverse relationship between bond price and interest rate. An increase in interest rate results in a decline in bond price and vice versa. When interest rate rises, say from 8% to 10%, then the existing bond carrying a fixed coupon rate, say 8%, becomes unattractive because in the market new bonds would be made available at the higher rate of 10%. Hence bond price falls. On the other hand, when interest rate declines, say from 8% to 6%, then the existing bond carrying a fixed coupon rate, say 8%, becomes attractive as it provides higher interest incomes. Hence bond price will rise. As interest rates change, bond investors are actually subject to two sources of offsetting risks, which work in opposite directions, viz, price risk and reinvestment rate risk. Price risk means changes in bond prices and reinvestment risk means changes in future incomes from the reinvested coupons. When interest rate rises, bond price falls and hence price risk results in a loss to the bondholder. However at the same time, the bondholder will get higher income on the reinvested coupons because the interest amounts received in a year will be now reinvested at a higher rate due to higher interest rate prevailing in the market. 
hence reinvestment risk results in some gain to the bondholder. This gain may reduce the loss to the bondholder due to price risk. On the other hand, when interest rate declines, bond price increases and hence price risk results in a gain to the bondholder. However at the same time, the bondholder will get lower income on the reinvested coupons because the interest amounts received in a year will be now reinvested at a lower rate due to lower interest rate prevailing in the market. Hence reinvestment risk results in some loss to the bondholder. This loss may reduce the gain to the bondholder due to price risk. Thus price risk and reinvestment rate risk always work in the opposite directions. Important Facts About Interest Rate Risk The longer the maturity, n, the greater is this risk. The greater the coupon rate, it, the smaller in this risk. 2. Inflation Risk or Purchasing Power Risk Inflation erodes the purchasing power of money. Inflation risk arises due to changes in inflation rate. The coupon rate on bonds is fixed and does not change with the changes in market interest rate. A 10% bond having par value of Rs. 1000 will provide Rs. 100 as interest incomes, or coupons, to the bondholder, irrespective of the market interest rate. Suppose market interest rate increases to 14% even then this bond will provide an interest income of Rs. 100 every year till maturity. And if market interest rate falls to 8% even then this bond will provide interest income of Rs. 100 every year till maturity. Interest rates and hence coupon rates are expressed in nominal terms. Hence the income of Rs. 100 is nominal income and will remain same throughout the life of the bond. In times of inflation, that is sustained increase in general price level, the purchasing power of money declines. Hence the real income from the bond will not be same as its nominal income. The real income from a bond carrying fixed interest rate declines. Hence bonds or fixed income securities are subject to inflation risk. The longer the maturity period the greater is the inflation risk. The real interest rate is calculated as below. Real rate equals, 1 plus nominal rate, 1 plus inflation, dash 1. 3. Default risk, default risk refers to the risk accruing from the fact that the borrower may not pay interest and or principal on time. It is also known as credit risk. Credit rating agencies assign ratings to debt instruments of financial institutions and companies. Other things being equal, in general, bonds with higher default risk, low-grade bonds, trade at a higher YTM. Junk bonds are the bonds which have very high default risk. A conservative investor must not invest in junk bond. 4. Liquidity risk, except some of the popular government. Securities which are traded actively, most debt instruments do not have very liquid market in India. It is primarily an over-the-counter, OTC, market. Thus lower liquidity is another risk attached with bonds because of which bondholder may not be able to sell his bonds when in need for money. Well this was all in part 1 from our side. In the coming parts we will be seeing the types of bonds and risk associated with them also we will be seeing how can we know the effective duration of bond.
Next part will be interesting so make sure you have subscribed to us. If you haven't subscribed to us then you won't be getting notification regarding next part. If you have liked our work then make sure you like us and share among your friends and family so that they can understand the concept of bonds and make a step towards the financial literacy. This was our time. See you in next part. Till and happy learning, happy investing. This is Finance with Bothra. Financially departing you.